Hey man, welcome to the FaithBridge Men Podcast. I'm your host, Mace Perez, Men's Discipleship Coordinator here at FaithBridge, and I'm so excited that you are joining us as we continue our current season, Fight the Good Fight. All spring, we are going to be encouraging, inspiring, and challenging men to believe the true gospel and be transformed by the gospel. And as part of this journey, we are highlighting stories of the men of FaithBridge who are fighting the good fight. These aren't super men or super Christians. They are regular guys like you and me whose lives have been and are being transformed by the good news that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Joining me today is my friend, Rich Forrest. Rich, thank you for being here today. Great. Thanks, Mace. Glad to be here. Yeah. So uh, to start, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Tell us about your family. What do you do for work? How long you've been coming to FaithBridge and and what, uh, what first brought you to FaithBridge? Sure. Uh, I guess I'll start with uh, maybe who I am. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Texas guy, proud to proud to be from, and kind of always lived here in Texas. Um, with that, um, lived all over Texas. Uh, followed my dad through his career, and 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 w- which led to a, a big cornerstone in my life of, of planning and and implementing and planning and implementing. Um, which, you know, we'll talk about in a sec, but, um, but I went to, to school for accounting. I've kind of worked through my career in that field, um, made, made my way into, uh, oil and gas and, and support oil and gas through, through an accounting and, and finance role. Um, my family, so uh, I married my high school sweetheart, uh, we've we've been dating, I guess, since uh, we went to our junior prom together. Wow! Um, dated for a really long time. If you talk to her, of course, it was too long. Uh, you talked to me; <laughs> it wasn't part of the plan yet. So, um, but we've been married eighteen years wow. as of, gosh, just a couple of days ago. Congrats! We have um, uh, I'm gonna get this wrong. Thirteen year old son, eleven year old daughter. They're awesome and crazy, and I just love them more than I could ever imagine loving somebody. Um, we've been uh, we've been coming to Faith Bridge probably gosh, seven, eight, ten years. I don't know. I think we just joined officially probably four years ago. Um, if I'm honest, I was trying to find every reason possible to not like Faith Bridge when we started. <laughs> you know, the the energy was. Uh, it was more than I was used to. I grew up at a Baptist church, you know, calm, reserved, um, wear a suit and ca- suit and tie on uh, on Sunday. Um, but but yeah, that's, so that's kind of my my life for the past forty something years. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Um, so our our theme this whole season is fight the good fight, and the the first and foremost element of that is to believe the true gospel. And so uh, you, you shared a little bit about your church upbringing and, and how long you've been coming to Faith Bridge and, and that. But just because someone grows up in church or attends church doesn't mean that they have necessarily truly believed the gospel. So tell us a little bit more about your faith journey and how you first came to, to truly believe the true gospel. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, I'll kind of start from where I think I got it wrong. You know, we 
growing up in, in in church, it was very important to to check the box by by showing up on Sunday, by going to our our boys group on on Wednesday nights, by going to the the church social and eating um, spaghetti every week. Uh, it, it was very much um, as long as I checked those boxes, I was doing what I needed to do to be a believer. Um, now, during that process, I was sitting next to the people that really needed to be hearing the sermon, <laughs> and I was motivating people that I wanted to hear um, sort of those things that change you. I wanted them to change. I didn't need to change. I was showing up. Okay, so obviously an example of not the gospel. Um, now, I mentioned I had gone through life planning uh, achieving my plans, setting goals, achieving my goals. Um, and and that was me controlling my destiny, so to speak. Um, and I was failing miserably, not because I wasn't achieving goals, because it was giving me just zero joy. Um, I'd been with my high school sweetheart for, I don't know, I had 25 plus years now. And I was miserable. Um my kids were wonderful and beautiful, but I was disappointed. Um, nobody was meeting my expectations. Well, I came to something called um, Shop Talk. It's it's something great that I just love and believe in at FaithBridge. It's, it's life-changing that really got me to check myself. Um, it, it took a lot of pressure off me. It... Um, it pointed me in a direction of, of not having to be in control of everything. And in fact, realizing I'm in, in control of nothing. Um, that was, that was life changing. That shop talk led me to a men's group that's now full of my friends that, that, that I can't live with. I can't live life without. It led me to, um, a focus on serving my wife as opposed to her being there to serve me. It led me to seeing God in a way where he loved me unfathomable, unfathomably more than I love my children. And like I said, it's unfathomable. I don't get it. How can you love me more than my children? So my complete perspective on life is different. Do I still plan and, and, and try to achieve goals? Yeah, absolutely. Um, is it from a perspective of me? No, man, I want to I glorify God. I, I want to set an example, be a reflection of Jesus that brings other people to Jesus. I, I, I think that's a big part of the true gospel. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'm, and there's so much in that story that sure. a, a lot of men can uh, relate to. Um Take me back to this check the box mentality. Um, that was one thing that I, as I was listening to you, I'm like, I think so many people, including myself, can can fall into that trap. And then, um, especially as men in in our culture and you know modern America, this idea of putting a lot of stock, no pun intended, into our our career and achieving goals there. I, I think those are, are two very common uh, things that just men men deal with. So I, I'm 
I'd be curious, not that I expect you to be an expert on this necessarily, but just from your own experience even, why do you think those are two traps, that check-the-box mentality and that that hyper-focus on career and achievement? Why why is it so easy for men to fall into those traps? Or why did you? Yeah, so I think for me, I, I, I'll blame it on human nature, but really I just know by myself, I, I would compartmentalize work I would compartmentalize um, family, I would compartmentalize fun, and then if I had time, I would show up to church. Um, again, it was if I just showed up, then I'd check that box. I, I don't have to worry about church until the next Sunday. And look, I, I there was a lot of seasons in my life where the next Sunday was only three times a year, maybe, you know, Christmas, Easter, what's the, <laughs> what's the, um, the creasters. Yeah. The, the creasters. Yeah, exactly. Only. So that were, yeah. there were years that I was, that was the creasters. Um, I, 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 you know, since my goals were all related to financially making, uh, making myself stable, how in the world could you fit tithing or, or, or even going above and beyond tithing into a financial security goal. That was so selfish and, and, and not kingdom-centered. I missed out on so much joy by focusing on that. Um, so I, w- I would say, I guess I'd come full circle, compartmentalizing and keeping everything separate was the easy trap of um, check in the box. Right. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And again, I think a, a dynamic that probably many men can relate to this idea of just keeping, you know, this is my family life. This is my work life. This is my, my church life and so on and so forth. Um, I, I take it that you have a different perspective than that. And, and I want to go there, but before we do, I, I'd also like to go, you said a, a pivotal point in, in your story where you came to see the, the foolishness of, of those ways or the, the failure of, of those things that you were chasing to, to provide ultimate fulfillment and where you, you started to truly understand and believe and, base your entire life on the gospel. You said a, a major turning point was one of our shop talk events. Tell me a little bit more about that experience. What was it about that experience that started to open your eyes? Yeah, you know, I had reached a point <clears throat> I had reached a point where I just didn't think there was joy anymore that um that going to church checking those go to church boxes Man, maybe it really wasn't doing much for me. Where um, achieving goals at work that really wasn't doing anything for me. And I was low. I was at, I was at a, a tough spot. Um, I don't even know how I got connected with Shop Talk. Well, I, I, I do. Got God interjected and and said, "Hey, it's time." Um, and and it's funny the the idea of this specific Shop Talk was was almost like a networking thing where the focus was you need to have a mentor in your life that can can elevate you and you need to you need to mentor somebody in your life to elevate 
And that was never on, on my radar. And how impactful was just that idea? Well, in, in the immediate term, it was very impactful. Um, but again, through God's interjection, uh, one of my acquaintances was in, in the room and I saw him across the hall, but, but he wasn't close enough to, to, uh, to really catch. Um, and I texted him and said, Hey, I saw you a lot. saw you tonight, you know, good, good talk, whatever. And he said, Hey, by the way, we, we have this men's group. If you want to, you want to just come, come stop by, uh, you got to kind of sneak in the backyard and, <laughs> and, and, um, and make your way in a dark, dark, <laughs> dark door. And this really weird out of the ordinary <laughs> invitation to a, to a men's group. And um, and I'm just so glad I did because so much came of it. Um, I, it's it's something I can't live without. I'm there every Thursday that that I just um, I think I went on a tangent there. <laughs> no, 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 that's great. You know, so what I, what I heard you you say is that um, my mind went to the prodigal son story, right? That the the prodigal son goes to his father, and he says, essentially, I wish you were dead. He said, give me my share of my inheritance. I know I'm supposed to get this when you die, but I would rather have your stuff than a relationship with you. And he takes this money, he squanders it on on reckless living, living the, quote, good life, that he, chasing all these things that he, he thinks is going to, you know, bring him joy, and all it does is ruin him. You know, and he, he finds himself in a pigsty, and it's when he has that rock-bottom moment that he kind of has this wake-up call of, man, I had it so good when I was with my father. And, and of course, you know, he, he goes back, and the, the father welcomes him back with, with open open arms and Run restores him. Yeah, and, and embraces him. Yeah. And so I had that, that thought in my mind of, you know, that – you try chasing all these other things, and in the world's eyes, you were successful. You know, married, kids, house, you know, cars, successful job, career trajectories up and to the right, um, comfort, all those things. But it wasn't delivering what it promised. Sure, complete lack of joy. Right. Yeah. And then, um, like you said, just... The working of God got you to to take a step and start to realize that there's something more, um, and uh, a big part of that is our community, and that's one of the reasons why we stress so much this rhythm of worship plus two. That yes, we need to be gathered with the saints on on Sunday, and we have been given gifts and and resources and talents and abilities that we should be using to serve, but we we also need community. As men, we need other men in our lives who can invest in us and that we likewise can in, invest in. And, um, you know, it, it's pretty obvious to see maybe the the benefit of, of having that sort of mentor, you know, you know, brother in Christ who's a little bit further along pouring into us. But I imagine this is your experience, too, as I know you're, you're leading a curious group right now that, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard the experience of 
when I'm talking to leaders of, of these sorts of groups, people who are investing in the lives of others in, in some way, shape or form, I ask them, you know, what is the benef- biggest benefit you've received? What is the biggest gift? And cannot tell you how many times I've heard some version of the, you know, I, I signed up t- to lead a grow group or lead a curious group or, or mentor a kid through bridging for tomorrow, whatever it is. But I've actually changed the most because of this. And so that, that need for community and and along those lines, you, you've shared uh, several examples, but fighting the good fight is, is two parts. It's believing the true gospel but just because we believe the gospel, even though we are made right with God in a moment by grace through faith, even though when us prodigals return to the Father, he embraces us and we are restored right then and there, we never graduate from the gospel. That uh, true life, true joy, true fulfillment, it comes with rooting our lives in the gospel every moment of every day. And that's that's why I said, you know, you, you were kind of hinting at it earlier that I used to compartmentalize everything, but now I see that the gospel is everything and, and the gospel in, informs how I go about all these other elements of my life. It it, it transforms church from being just a, a Sunday only whenever those Sundays that I actually attend come around to to being things I really want to invest in and, and being grow groups. It also, you know, transforms the way I view my work, the way I view my finances, the way I interact with my wife and my kids and so on and so forth. So tell, tell us a little bit more specifically for you what that has looked like. How has the gospel transformed your life? Sure. Well, <clears throat> so it's, it's like you're taking the word from my mouth and I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, that probably comes from a lot of people, but I'll, I'll give one example of just perspective. So we, we push in curious or, or we try to engage in curious with, with uh, memorizing Bible verses. And we, and we've done that in men's group. And, and frankly, I'm not a very good memorizer. I like to, to understand a concept and, uh, and apply it. So uh, I'll, I'll butcher some scripture here for a second. Um, I want to say it's first Corinthians, but but basically, you you can you can do anything with um, with good intentions. Um, you can you you can show up to church and and check that box. You can you can go lead a curious group and check that box. But if you do it without love, um, it, you're a clanging gong, right? Um, so that that's something convicting to me that not not just compartmentalizing love with with church, I compartmentalize love with everything. Um, when when I have an uh, an issue, good or bad, at work, good, that's that's glory to God. Bad, that's a teachable moment I need to work through with love. Um, that's not something you always hear about at work. Um, perspective with my kids, man, I grew up and spent 40 years chasing control of my life. I don't want my kids to, to feel that fruitless effort. I want them to, to do life with joy and love. Um, I mean, my whole life perspective is, is different and it's from a perspective of glorify God and do it with love. Um, Am I getting it right? 
I mean, I try, but not all the time. I'm I, there is the world and and the human being sitting here that right. it's hard sometimes. Um, but I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, the phrase came to my mind of the Christian life is simple: seek to glorify God and love because you have been loved. But it doesn't make it easy, right? We're, we're still going to fall. The, the Christian life is two steps forward, one step back. But that's that's the amazing thing about the gospel is that Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. And we each came to a point where we came to, to believe that truth and, and to rest our lives and our eternities on that truth at a point in time. But Jesus... The cross transcends time. That Jesus not only paid for the sin that you had committed up until that point where you believed, but he he paid for the sin that you and I haven't even committed yet, you know, sitting here. But the the cross covers it all, and God ha, has sent his spirit to be with us, to continue to transform us. That the gospel means that there is grace for forgiveness and grace for transformation. Um, and the more you meditate on that, and it could be really overwhelming. I mean, there's, I, I know I'm probably not supposed to ask questions, but you ever had trouble forgiving somebody? I mean, I have. How, how selfish can I be to not forgive somebody? You know what I've been forgiven for? Well, you don't, but it's terrible. <laughs> and I've been forgiven. And, uh, and I forget that sometimes. Right. Um, but it's, it's life, it's, it's just life altering to gain that perspective. Right. I, uh, I know this interview is about you, not about me, but I tell people my number one parenting tip is be quick to apologize because I have to apologize to my children all the time and to show them that daddy needs forgiveness. I, I'm not perfect. It doesn't excuse my behavior, um, but I'm thankful for the forgiveness I've been shown. And then likewise, when my children um, make mistakes, which because they are human too, is, is inevitable. You know, one of my greatest, greatest joys as a dad is, is when, when the prodigal son returns to, to freely offer forgiveness. And, and both my wife, Jennifer and I, you know, tell our, our children almost verbatim every time that absolutely we forgive you. And the reason why we can do that is because we have been forgiven of so much. Yeah, I have I totally agree. That's that's the good news of the gospel. That's that's what we are are are, are here for. It's it's what we have been saved for and and saved to. And so, thank you so much, Rich, for being here to share your story. I know the men are going to be able to relate to to so much and, and be inspired and encouraged by by your transparency. And uh, men, thank you for joining us on this journey to fight the good fight, the the fight to believe the true gospel and be transformed by the gospel. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, subscribe to, and share this podcast so more men can be reached with the gospel and lock arms to fight the good fight together.